0: Welcome back to Tiny Bites, conversations about living a more intentional life. I'm Britt, and I'm so glad you're tuning in this week. This week is the second part of my conversation with Kate Flanders. If you missed part one, go back and have a listen to it. We talked about relationships, Kate's upcoming book and traveling. In the second half, we're digging deeper into her upcoming book, some unintended consequences that can occur when we opt out of things. We discuss more about what it was like for Kate to be traveling while also wanting to be environmentally conscious and what happens when that's not really an option and what she's looking forward to most for the rest of the year. I also asked Kate a ridiculous question that I didn't even realize was ridiculous until halfway through her answer. After everything she shared on her blog and in her first book, The Year of Less, I asked her if she still shops for clothes. I know, what a silly question for me to ask, but actually, I'm so glad I did because the conversation that followed was about what to do when your clothes no longer feel like you, but you also have an aversion to shopping, which is something I've also been dealing with this year. So yes, it was a bit of a dim-witted question, I'll admit, but I loved the dialogue that followed. This episode picks up where the last episode of Tiny Bites left off, just after Kate was sharing a little bit about her upcoming book. Let's dive back in. I interviewed uh Jennifer Taylor Chan for Yay! Yeah, for a, a previous episode of Tiny Bites and so this didn't make it into the uh into the edit edited version. We had a conversation about opting out and maybe the the like negative of it or you know the unintended consequence of it in in you know very specific situations and the yeah. situation that we were talking about was the fire movement. Our conversation was about, you know, if you do reach financial independence and you do retire early, which for those of you who don't know, that's what FIRE stands for. If you do retire early and sort of opt out of the workforce, what does that do to the working conditions for everybody else who is still in the workforce? So, Because Jennifer is a a labor relations and labor rights lawyer, so she's very, very invested in this topic. And so her concern was, well, if everyone just leaves the workforce, is that going to encourage employers to change working conditions? Is that going to, you know, encourage unions to still exist? Like what, what is that opt out going to do down the line? And so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Cause I know that's really broad, but from a minimalism perspective, I was also thinking about like, if we opt out of buying stuff, mm-hmm. does the act of opting out of buying stuff, create enough of a void and an absence to encourage companies to Change the way they produce things, or is that not the way that that can work? Like, it is the is the only way to change the way people consume things to keep consuming things?
1: Well, I mean, there's a couple different ways to answer it. Number one, I'm I'm I I would love to hear Jennifer's thoughts on that. I mean, you shared them a little bit in that it's like on the fire side of things. I have thoughts on that one too because the other part of it is that like yeah, society as whole, there could be changes, but individually like when people retire there's a massive shift that's not always positive you know we get a lot of confidence from being good at something and being productive and if you leave your job especially when you're young if you if you I know I mean I know a lot of people who do it and they do go on to do some cool things because they have the time to do it right or um, they get to hone in new skills and and they don't have to worry kind of about the financial side of that so for some, it's fine, but for some, like especially if you had kind of a really high-powered job or something where you were really important at work, and then you retire and you're no longer really important to anybody, like, that that can also come with a negative shift for a period of time. Um, for things like minimalism, I mean, the reality with shopping and consuming is that consumers, uh, like companies, create because of consumer demand right? Like if consumers are buying into it quite literally, right? Like we're believing it and we're buying, then there's no reason for companies to change things. Mm -hmm. Um, If we did all stop buying a whole bunch of things and it did have a large impact on the economy ever, I mean, I I think it's natural in business for people to have to shift anyways. Um, And the other reality of it is that... like, it, it, yeah, number one, it could change things. It could make it so companies have to change their practices or um, it could mean that some companies go out of business. I highly doubt that the really successful ones would be going out of business. I think they would just have to make changes. And if consumers demand it, then that's a good thing. Other side of that is that, you know, you've touched on it briefly and we've only chatted very briefly about it on Instagram. But the reality is that things like decluttering can really only take us so far. If we do not change our buying practices, um, we're going to just keep doing this like every 10 to 15 years, which means that we are going to keep filling the landfills every 10 to 15 years. Because the majority of what we declutter goes there, whether it's in our own countries, whether it's shipped off to developing countries and basically just sits on their land. you know, they say like, I think like 10% of things we take to thrift stores are actually purchased. So much of it is just thrown out. And if we do not change our practices, in my opinion, we're only wasting resources and then creating pollution in the world. Um, So I don't know, part of me on that one is just like, when people bring that, that question to the table, like, I know why it's scary. And like, yeah, it could change things in the economy, but also we will not have an economy if we don't have a planet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like we have to figure something out. And the people who are really rich because they've come up with these business ideas, they can probably come up with other business ideas. Like <laughs> it's it's just a
0: thought. Yeah, I mean there's not there's option A, we get to keep our planet. There's option B yeah. and we don't. So yeah. those those are the choices and it's not really terribly difficult to sort of make make your choice. Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking about uh, the trash getting shipped off to developing countries, I was going to pipe in and say, or in some cases, getting shipped back,
1: <laughs> like the yes.
0: like the uh, the tanker that's coming back from I think Venezuela back to Vancouver.
1: In general, like we used to ship all of our plastics, like hard plastics specifically, to China, and then China eventually was like, we're not taking it. Like we're not interested in your plastic. And so that's no longer an option for us. And now we have to be thinking of it like, the, like kinds of things like if um, all your plastic patio furniture, if you took it to recycling, technically they would kind of ship it off. And now they're like, no, thank you. We're not interested. And it's like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs>
0: like, when, when you were in, I think it was London. I think you posted something on your Instagram in the grocery store and every single piece of fruit and vegetable oh. was wrapped in plastic. And I was shocked. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was hard for me. Um, It was the first thing I noticed when I got to the UK um, is that, you know, the first grocery store I walked into, and it's kind of, it actually wasn't even one of the cheaper ones because there's a whole bunch of different um, stores you can shop at. It wasn't one of the cheaper ones only because uh, that's the one that was closest to me. And so I went in just to get a few things just so I kind of had dinner and breakfast stuff and then I could do a bigger shop later. And I remember walking in and literally everything covered in plastic and not just like plastic kind of what they call those like clamshell containers like not just those like actual plastic bottom and then a um like a flimsy plastic peel on the top and everything from like of course things like berries that's the same for us here at grocery stores but bananas were in plastic bags um it was hard to even find avocados that you could buy loosely like they were often packaged in plastic in sets of two um just absolutely everything and it was hard or like one of the interesting things was that I I noticed the plastic last year but like this year I really noticed it and was very uncomfortable basically every time I shopped and uh, one of my Thoughts with traveling this year was, or like one of kind of the rules I set for myself was I just don't want to be creating more waste than what I would create at home. Right. Like I obviously do use some plastic at home. I am not over here preaching zero waste. Um, we yeah, I have all kinds of thoughts on all those things, but like I'm not over here saying like, oh, I'm perfect at plastic, but I, I am noticing more, right? And I find that once I notice things, Long enough, it it that is when shifts start to happen for me, um, like when the discomfort gets to be a little bit too much, like then I have to make a shift. And definitely there, it was also interesting to notice things like at, at grocery stores, um, they have so many more prepackaged foods. It feels like than we do um they also don't have bulk sections like in canada and i know this in the states i've shopped a lot in the state like they they have massive bulk sections right so when i went over there i had actually brought over these like cloth Um, bags that I have that here I use and take if I'm going to buy something in bulk. And that's just not an option. Like anything you need there is coming in plastic. They do have in London specifically, and like I think a couple other stores throughout the UK, they do have like these new zero waste stores, which we have in Canada as well. Zero waste, I'm noticing for us, is a different thing than for them because zero waste literally just means they have bulk sections. (laughs) And like I'm like... Oh, that's like really normal in North America, but it doesn't seem to be there. So I don't know. It was, it was cool to, to be looking at something through like same set of eyes, but kind of a different mindset, realizing that I had obviously changed a little bit because I didn't even notice this stuff or not that much last year, um, but I've noticed a lot more this year. And so it was cool to kind of learn and get that perspective Um, but it did make grocery shopping hard or just feel hard. Like it felt like I was constantly living out of alignment when I would go buy things. Um, I did eventually like figure out kind of their farmer's market system because obviously there are markets. Like, it's not like you can't go and get that stuff. But again, the reality of that is like, like most places, like neighborhoods and stuff, they'll only have that weekly. Um, And there are a couple of big markets that you can go to, specifically in London, like borough market, you can buy a lot of stuff. But again, that's sort of like, like, you have to make a very specific trip out there to do that. Like London's a very large city. And I don't think everyone has time to just go and buy from the farmers markets or like the big kind of outdoor markets all the time. So it was really interesting. And um, I don't know what it'll be like to go to other countries yet. Like I am curious what it'll be like in Germany and Austria. Those are definitely top of the list for the fall. Um, I do actually have a couple of good online friends in Austria anyways who are really big in sort of the zero waste movement scene. So I'll be able to kind of gauge them and ask for a little bit of help maybe before I get started. but that it feels important to me with traveling at least like because I I already struggle enough with the thought of like getting on planes. Um, Yeah, that's like a hard one in general. But then when I'm physically there, like I don't want to be wasteful or more wasteful than I would be anywhere else. It just doesn't feel okay to be doing that. Like I think that it's sort of also part of the travel experience is like, it's not just taking it in as like the sights and sounds and all of that. It's like, You're like lucky enough to be getting to spend time somewhere else. And I think it's important to take care of it. Just the same way, like if you were going to take care of stuff at home, why wouldn't you do that when you're elsewhere? It's curious
0: when you go different places to sort of see what they're doing in terms of the environment. And I feel like Nova Scotia was definitely a chunk ahead of where we're at right now in Ontario.
1: Well, and I think that that's... True, literally, I remember feeling it that the most when I did that road trip through the States, because I went through 18 different states in total, and some of them I didn't do much in, or, like, spend that much time in, obviously, but um, things I was really shocked by, now, this was, you know, three and a half years ago or so, but, um, like, in Denver, it didn't seem like recycling was set up anywhere, which I found extremely shocking, um, I just like my friends were throwing absolutely everything in the garbage. And, um, that was like hard to see. I remember like, I don't, especially in being in BC, I don't buy plastic bottled water here. Um, but on that road trip, there were a few States where I picked it up just cause I had really long driving days and I'm like, I'm not going to stop constantly. So I buy maybe like a flat of, um, plastic water bottles. And, Uh, I did not like there was whatever there are 12 or 18 bottles or whatever in that thing. I let them sit on the floor of my passenger seat section. So I just looked at them all the time. It looked like a graveyard of plastic, but I, I kept them until I got to um, Arizona and I could actually recycle them because there were so many States I drove through that there was nowhere I could do anything with them um and I was like I'm not I'm not throwing these in the garbage (laughs) and like maybe they're gonna end up there anyways I don't think so but I just like it was very shocking there was so much on that trip same thing in Ohio actually I've oddly spent quite a bit of time in Ohio in my life and um there's not or there might be like a little bit of recycling but there's not much unless you are willing to kind of drive all of your recycling in like there's definitely no door-to-door service and stuff like that it, it's it's pretty wild um, I think or like part of me wonder sometimes is a I'm just so used to recycling which again recycling shouldn't be the number one option anyways but I'm so used to it and compost and stuff like that being from the west coast I sometimes it's probably a stereotype but like like west coasters like even I'm from Vancouver Island it's like jokingly called Hippie Island and so all of those things are probably true to some degree like I think I've been exposed to it like since I was a kid and um so I think that yeah it's always shocking when you see something that's different from where you're from but I also think with traveling something I had to start doing is like give myself a little bit of Grace, just in the fact that I don't know, it's like just because I wouldn't exactly buy this at home, it's like this is the way that they do things, and I don't know, it's just like, am I not gonna eat because I can't find something that's not in that? No, it it was hard. It was a hard one though. You can. I remember talking to my friend Fiona one day and like almost like breaking down from it, just having this realization like there are too many little things that are feeling hard, and oddly that was one of them, and. Yeah, it was uh, just interesting. interesting to sort of struggle with it.
0: Well, I think, you know, as someone who has spent so much time, you know, living more mindfully and living more intentionally and trying to reduce your waste, it would be very confronting to be in a place where that is not an option or the infrastructure doesn't exist or you have to consume things that are in plastic that then has to go in the garbage. So I can I can fully understand why you would why you struggled with that, because that would be. You know, it would just be such a a shift back to a mindset that you haven't been in in so long.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, whether we're talking about plastic or basically anything, like if you in general are noticing that you're really uncomfortable with something, um, I always look at that now and I'm like, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. This experience isn't necessarily bad. Like it's really showing what your values are um and so to just learn from it and to kind of let yourself feel the things and kind of analyze it a little bit and figure out what you can do going forward but to me yeah moments like that are like okay no this is obviously a strong value for me now and all right what does that mean going forward
0: (laughs) because it's something that I always kind of want to ask all minimalists or people who you know live with less or live more intentionally is do you still go clothes shopping
1: I am the absolute worst at clothes shopping. Um, no, I'm like, I have sadly been talking about this for like an entire year now though. Um, something I noticed last year was that I started to feel like uncomfortable in my clothes and, and not in a necessarily negative way, but just like my clothes stopped feeling like just the ones I wanted to be wearing. Um, and I, I found that last year my struggle was like, well, I shouldn't buy stuff. Like I have perfectly good clothes, and like I don't, I don't really have any needs for anything. Um, so I sort of struggled last year with this thought that like I shouldn't buy stuff. Um, and then eventually, like through conversation, like with friends, came to the conclusion that it actually is okay and perfectly like, acceptable that our personal styles would change over time. Like, I can't expect that um, I'm going to want to wear the same thing for the next 5 or 10 or 20 years of my life. (laughs) Like, it does make sense that as you grow and change, your style might also change. I think it was just, what was confronting for me is realizing that in the past I don't think I ever cared cared that much about what I wore and then it or maybe I did and I just felt comfortable in it I don't really know but I'm I'm still sort of in that phase because I haven't really bought anything I think I have bought um two sweaters like more like fall winter sweaters and that's it in like a year since having that realization that I actually don't want to be wearing my clothes I've continued to wear all of my clothes and only bought some new sweaters um but it is something that I think about I'm like buying clothes is definitely not bad and um new or thrift shopping is great like anything secondhand is great um I'm I'm fine with either I just yeah I think part of it too is I I really genuinely do not like shopping and especially for clothes. Like I find the whole thing really exhausting and I find malls exhausting and there's just like sensory overload. So like there's kind of nothing about the experience that feels fun (laughs) uh, or enjoyable in any way. So yeah, I don't know what kind of answers other people have given, but, uh, I, I would like some new clothes. I really don't want to shop for them.
0: Kind of went through a similar phase uh, probably January until now where I, same as you, sort of was looking at all the clothes in my wardrobe and was like, well, I don't actually feel good in these anymore. And these don't really feel like my style or stuff like that. So I, I've slowly been incorporating mostly, I think entirely actually, entirely used stuff or vintage stuff that is sort of more reflective of where I'm at now and it's actually it's been really nice it was hard to get to that decision to decide that it's okay to buy stuff because obviously my brain was like oh but you're a quote-unquote minimalist and you can't buy stuff because buying stuff is bad and blah blah blah, which is my own internal narrative and I would never say that to anybody in the real world I would never I would never tell anyone that they can never buy anything but I fully feel comfortable telling myself that. Um, so it it was a bit of a struggle getting to the point to recognize, no, if you're not feeling good in your clothes, like you, you can absolutely buy new ones or whatever that looks like. Um, and it's been, it's been really nice having some, some newer quote unquote newer stuff for me because it's been sort of a re reimagining of my own personal style. And I always thought that you know, style didn't really matter. And it was just like what you put on your body. But I think it, it matters more than a lot of people, especially me, really gave it credit for in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've, um. I think one of the things that helped me like realize and just be like, okay, it's okay that I'm being drawn to this was there were like some pictures I would see of friends. So it's not like I was kind of browsing for clothes or anything, but I would see some pictures of friends and go, really like her outfit and I've never used to think things like that like I know I know there there are people who love fashion and they will always look at clothes and think that kind of stuff I never have um but I started doing that a bit more of being like oh I really like that top or like that dress is so cute and I think that would actually look good on me and yeah just stuff like that and and like I said I haven't bought any of those things but but it's, um, I don't know, I think for the first time, too, I, I'm i intrigued by the idea, I guess, of creating an actual capsule wardrobe. Um, I, years ago, I would have been like, nope, I have no purpose for that. Also, because I basically only own like 30 things anyway. So it's like, I don't need to go up and buy a bunch of stuff. But I think with this thought of being like, no, like I genuinely don't feel good in things. So it wouldn't be buying a bunch of things, but like maybe there are two specific kind of tops that I want. And like one style of jeans or, you know, I definitely, the thing that I do replace and feel comfortable replacing always is I replace my runners. Um, actually not frequently enough for how much, how many kilometers they have on them by the time I replace them. Um, but I am always fine to replace my footwear because you notice, like, or for me, I'm like 33, sometimes I feel like I'm going on 45, and like, I, I notice, like, if my knees hurt, so, um, I have no problem replacing footwear when that's required, but yeah, I'm like, I, I have been kind of toying with this idea of like, even for fun, what if I created one kind of online and then just started looking at these things, um, and I'm not worried about it for any reason like it's I have considering I just told you that I've bought like two pieces of clothing in an entire year. I'm not exactly worried that I'm going to go spend thousands of dollars or go on some shopping spree or anything, but there is that part of me too that knows that like when you browse, you're always just looking for more and so I I do struggle with that. I struggle with that a little bit. I've I've thought about that before of like not that, like, the shopping ban went too far or anything, because I will always be more in favor of saving my money. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that there's there's something to be said now being sort of on this other side. And um, it takes me, I mean, it's very intentional, which is good, but it takes me a long time to make purchasing decisions now. Yeah, me too.
0: And sometimes it's really annoying, because, like, I just need to make a decision, <laughs>
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, a big thing for me that I, I have to, um, or just want to add to is making sure that there's a difference between being intentional and depriving yourself. I think it's really easy to, um, like straddle that line and like go the, the direction of deprivation without realizing it. Like Um, I, when I was in England, I went and stayed with Jessica Rose Williams and for a couple of nights and which was so lovely. And we had this exact conversation quite a bit, actually the one about deprivation being like, you know, I think that there, there have been periods of my life where I have deprived myself and I didn't exactly know that that's what it was, but I have deprived myself of things in favor of saving money or reaching a goal or whatever. And that is not a way I'm interested in living. It's not healthy. Um, That is not advice I would give anyone. Um, So if something genuinely is going to bring you just some amount of joy or pleasure and you can afford it, like don't deprive yourself of it. Um, So that's maybe I'm saying it more as like, you know considering I've been talking about it for a year maybe I need to start actually doing something about this wardrobe stuff
0: (laughs) it it would be interesting I also don't really have a particular interest in making like a like a legit capsule but I love looking at everyone else's capsule wardrobes.
1: yeah like um Jennifer simply fiercely Mm -hmm. Jennifer is traveling right now and she posted on her Instagram stories like a picture of like a collage of her capsule wardrobe and I don't know what like literally I've probably seen those thrown around the internet so many times and never cared and something about seeing her is, I was like oh see like I don't know like it gave me this feeling of I would just like to kind of have items that I I don't know that like felt good enough to want to put on and and create an outfit out of like I literally wear the same thing almost every single day and it's fine, but I'd, I'm past that stage-ish now. Like, I think it would probably be creating something where I had three outfits. So I don't think it would be drastically different. Um, but yeah, I'm like, it would be nice to feel, to feel good.
0: I think part of that is an interesting mindset because you said you want to have something that, you know, is, is good enough to want to wear every day. And that, I think, is a very interesting statement because I think a lot of what we own – if we didn't, you know, procure it in a particularly mindful way, it just sort of is a thing that we, oh. that we have. But if we really make that intentional decision to procure it, it sort of gives the whole piece and the whole experience of wearing the piece an entirely different – it makes it a whole different experience, right?
1: Yeah, that's really true. And if I think about it, there's actually probably only a couple things that I really don't like wearing that I do wear – the rest of it, I would, like, if someone said, oh, I like that sweater or I like those leggings or whatever, and be like, yeah, I love them too. That's why I bought them. And, <laughs> like, like, here's the company or here's why I love them or whatever. They're, so for the most part, yeah, but there are probably a couple things that I'm wearing one of them right now <laughs> like, that I would, like, A, I wouldn't get a compliment on. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, it was sort of bought for... Uh, a quick, a quick reason, not an intentional one. Um, so yeah, you're right.
0: So I know that you, you already gave us sort of a, a background on what the rest of your year is going to look like. Look like in terms of your travel plans, but there is there anything specific that you're most looking forward to for the rest of the year?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I feel excited about this next book. Um, that'll be the biggest project for me because it's due in October. And so I, I will likely, you know, write a newsletter every four to six weeks, not be super connected online for the next few months. And, and that feels okay. It's in service of the work. So that feels totally fine. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to write a first draft of this. I'm interviewing some friends for it. Um, and just to see, I don't know what, I, I don't force myself to write an amazing first draft because that's what editing is for so but I'm I'm excited to work on it um I would say I'm excited to see a couple people in England again um also you may or may not know her Cara Perez yep um Cara and I are going on a road trip in Scotland in September
0: that's amazing
1: yes and I'm so excited for that um yeah, that'll be great. And uh, also to meet up with the friends in Austria who I have been chatting with for a long time. I think it'll be, it'll just be really nice to sort of spend quality time with people rather than just kind of talk on Instagram.
0: Yeah,
1: that's
0: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board with all of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Though I know that you said that you're not really you know, consuming a lot of information right now, but is there anyone's content that you are that's really, you know, inspiring you or, you know, really helping you out right now that you want to share with us? Oh
1: yeah. I'm like, but I can't say it'll be anything that we normally talk about. That's fine. (laughs) It's been really interesting to, um, uh, yeah, I think like I took a, kind of natural step back when I stopped working on the website rockstar finance like a year and a half ago now which feels that doesn't feel real either (laughs) but when I stopped working on rockstar that's sort of when I just stopped reading blogs um and also stopped kind of consuming content about finance in general so I don't really look at that stuff anymore we used to also share minimalism stuff I I haven't to be honest read a ton of Uh, Like Sometimes I'll go to people's archives just so I know kind of what friends are up to, Um, but I haven't read much in a while. So I'm loving podcasts. I've found a few different ones that are interesting. One, for any Canadian listeners, you included, I am really liking CBC's podcast called Front Burner. Um, they have a new show Monday to Friday. It's only like 20 minutes long, so not a massive time commitment. And I don't listen to everyone. I just kind of listen to the ones that look interesting or important. Um, but it's, they'll pick like one topic of something that's going on in Canada or even maybe in the States, but it would be affecting Canada. And the host will just kind of interview someone and talk about like what it means for us. Um, and it's just nice. It's like, it feels good to be a bit more informed of what's going on here, but not having to be plugged into absolutely every news story um so i've been enjoying that um i've been enjoying the podcast mothers of invention which is um actually i guess like one for anyone who's interested in the environment and climate change and stuff like that it's it's been done by um, two women from Ireland. One is, I believe her background, must be in like writing or journalism. And then the other one is the former president of Ireland. And so it's really cool because um, the younger woman, you know, she is coming at it from this place of like, being very curious and having a lot of questions. Whereas the former president. Um, But Mary Robinson, she comes at it from this place of obviously having a ton of actual knowledge, having been part of so many different aspects of Ireland's involvement in kind of worldwide movements to help climate change and and stuff like that. So it's super interesting. So they do do have interviews. Um, Sometimes it's just them talking. They sometimes have little mini episodes. Um, But I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I would say one of my favorites right now is this podcast called ologies and the, um, host, her name is Allie Ward. She basically picks a topic that she's interested in and she finds someone who studies that. Oh, like I said, the personality test thing, she finds someone who studies the topic she's interested in and then interviews them and asks them a ton of questions. So, I've listened to ones uh, like that one was literally just, I'm going to talk to someone who studies personalities. (laughs) So that one was interesting. Um, There are ones on uh, the ocean. I think there was one, I don't know if they called it climate change, but it was like on earth saving. I think is what she called it. Um, Yeah. I'm just, I'm fascinated by them. They're like super interesting to listen to. There's also a podcast called safety third, um, which they do more interviews with people who are maybe not always extreme but have some kind of interesting story about the outdoors and their their involvement in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just been a whole bunch, but podcasts have definitely been a big thing. And um, I shared this in my newsletter last week, but I have also been reading books on astrophysics <laughs> Which is amazing. Well, like, I don't know how much I'm actually learning. But but it's been interesting to uh, read about something just because someone else is curious about it. And then you're like, well, I want to know more about what you're curious about.
0: I I love that. I think that's awesome. It's great that you're sort of, you know, branching out. There's really... Genuinely, there's only really so much that you can read and listen to about minimalism and simple living and intentional living before your brain is like, Yes, we know we get it.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's that part of it too of like, again, what we were talking about earlier and like me stopping blogging is like, I think it's okay to get to a point where you know enough and like you're living it, it feels completed. Like, I I know enough or I know enough of what I want to know about those those subjects and so now I'm just like enjoying letting my curiosity take me to other places and not having like this or not forcing myself to like I need to memorize it or study it or anything like that it's like I'm just curious and I'm just gonna learn some other things I think that's super cool
0: is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about
1: I don't think so. I mean, I, I and I don't even know that this needs to be said, but just, like, I will say, of course I've been enjoying so much of um, this past kind of year and a bit of, like, being a bit more private, living my life um, and all of that. I do still have moments where I sort of miss the online community that comes with blogging and I know I, I mean I'm the one who walked away from it but I, I do have moments where I miss it so for anyone if I like if anyone's listening and I used to be around more regularly like I do miss it and I miss you guys and um, I'm just not sure when and where the overlap would be yet for that to come back or if it would come back or any of that it's it's weird it's weird to like live in a place where you're like happy with things but still miss things
0: I mean, you're, I mean, you're still figuring it out. Maybe things will change. Maybe things won't change, but you know, no hard answers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. None right now. I got none. (laughs) Just a lot of questions always. Well, thank you so much for
0: joining me today. I think we had an awesome conversation.
1: Thank you. This is so fun. And yeah, talking about intentional relationships with people online, like we have not met, but I, you are someone, definitely, I know that if we ever did cross paths, I feel like we will have great conversations in person as well.
0: I agree with that,
1: <laughs>
0: 100%. I just love when people give me suggestions for cool content outside of my normal sphere. If you want to check out any of the podcasts that Kate mentioned, I'll link them in the show notes over on tinyambitions.com. I actually just started listening to Front Burner myself, and so far it has been excellent. So it's kind of hard to, you know, sum up a conversation like the one I had with Kate, but what I really appreciated was her perspective as someone who has really done the work to simplify her life and is living her life the way that she wants. It's really refreshing to see someone out there who is trying stuff out and not putting too much pressure on themselves to have all of the answers right away. Kate is just trying to find what feels right in her life right now, and I think that is beyond awesome. I know this won't be the last time I talk to Kate, and I can't wait to read her new book when it comes out. If you want to connect with Kate, you can follow her on Instagram. Her handle is at Kate Flanders. You can also subscribe to her newsletter at kateflanders.com slash newsletter. That's it for this episode of Tiny Bites. As always, you can reach out to me with questions or comments about the episode via email at tinyambitionsblog@gmail.com, at gmail.com or over on the blog itself. If you've enjoyed this longer interview-based format I've been trying with Tiny Bites lately, I'd love it if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Let's get more people on the Tiny Bites train. And if you haven't been loving it, I want to know that too. Just be kind. I'm always up for trying new formats and segments, so if you're looking for something different from Tiny Bites, just let me know. Until next time. I hope you've enjoyed this tiny bite.